This Torah class is brought to you by TorahAnytime.com. Okay, good morning. Yadidi v'chaverai. How's everybody doing? Shalom Aleichem. This is our last year before Tisha B'Av. want to speak about a subject obviously relevant to Tisha B'Av. And I think uh, something that should be uh, on our minds in these uh, days of Chorbin, especially perhaps this year and in our times. Bruch Abam to the Kolel Agra de Pirka. The Mishnah says at the end of Tainus on Chavav Medbez, Ooh, let me get you the Marmakoimais. The Mishnah says as follows. The Mishnah says on Shiva Asr Batamos, five tragedies happened to the Jewish people. The Luchos were broken and the walls of the city were breached and the carbon tummit stopped being brought and um, the, uh, they erected a selam in the Heichal and there, these are five tragedies that occurred on Shavasa Batamos. And uh, the Gemara also says that five tragedies happened on Tishabav as well. Here we go with the Marmakoimais. Let's try this. Atazai, uh, we have beautiful Marmakoimais today. And five tragedies occurred on Tishabav. There's one particular tragedy that I think is not uh, fully appreciated and understood, and this is the last tragedy. And in a way, you can make the case this is the worst tragedy of, of all. The Mishnah says in Tainus, of Nigzar on It was decreed on our forefathers that they should not enter Eretz Yisrael. The Charav Habayis, and the base of Mikdash was destroyed by Rishina the first time around. Uveshniya on the second time around. The Nilkata, Beitar, Beitar was a major Jewish metropolitan, and it was captured. The and the city was plowed. Now, in the scheme of things, what was so significant about the fact that the city was plowed? The fact that Klaliso cannot enter Eretz Yisrael, that is very significant. The whole tachlis of the Torah, the tachlis of our relationship with Hakadosh Baruch Hu, is to be able to enter Eretz Yisrael. That's the first Pasuk in Chumash, Bereshis Bara Eloikim. Rashi says, why does the Torah begin Bereshis? Koyach ma'asav higid la'amoy. La'asav nachlas goyim. The Torah begins so that we understand and recognize that Eretz Yisrael belongs to us. But I had an insight, uh, Hashem gave me a matana this Shabbos. We know that really, for all intents and purposes, the Torah really ends in Parshas Masay. Because Devarim is really not part of the Torah per se. You know the famous Toysus in the beginning of Gittin, Toysus says, why are there 12 lines in a get? Because there are four lines of space between Bereshus and Shemais, Shemais and Vayikra, Vayikra and Bamidbar. So the 12 lines of a get correspond to those separations in the Torah. Ask Toysus, what about the four spaces between Bamidbar and Devarim? Toysus says it doesn't count. Devarim is not really part of the Torah, it's just a repetition of the Torah. Which means, really, that the Torah concludes with Parshas Masay. How does Masay end? Masay ends that there were some people from Sheva Menasha, and they come to Moshe. Moshe, now that you paskin, 
that if someone only has daughters, the daughters could inherit the father, what's going to be if those daughters marry someone from out of their tribe, then what's going to happen? The chilek of, let's say, the Benoit Slavchat from Shevet Yosef, if they marry a guy from Asher, it's going to go to Shevet Asher, and, and the uh, land of Israel is going to be moved from one Shevet to the next. So Moshe says, Taka, it's a good kash, I'm not sure, I'll ask Rebunisham, and Moshe asked Rebunisham, and Hashem said, Taka, if someone only has daughters, they're not allowed to marry out of their tribe. And that is the end of Parshas Maseh. Did you ever wonder, why does the Torah end with this, un, with this rare, unique circumstance of someone who only has daughters, they can only marry within the tribe? Why is that the end of the Torah? The answer is because what's the tachlis of the Torah? The tachlis is for Klal Yisrael to be in Eretz Yisrael. But not only that. Not only in a general sense for Klal Yisrael in general to be in Eretz Yisrael. The tachlis of the Torah is for every individual to be on their allotted share that the Rebbein Shalom gave them. That's how the Torah begins. Koyach of Higid La'amoy. And that is how the Torah ends. And that is if somebody only has daughters, make sure they don't marry out of the tribe. That's the tachas of the Torah. Yaakov Emden says, you ever wonder why in Berchus HaMazayin? We say, First we, add, we thank Hashem for Eretz Yisrael, and then we thank Him for Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim, and Brismila and Torah. Eretz Yisrael should be last. That's the final gift. First we had Mila, then we left Egypt, then we got the Torah, then we got Eretz Yisrael. Says Rav Yaakov Emden, no, the tachlis of our relationship with HaKadosh Baruch Hu is being in Eretz Yisrael. By the way, Rav Tzadik HaKoyin, I just had this chus to be at the kever Rav Tzadik HaKoyin. Rav Tzadik HaKoyin says that the Agadita Gemaras of Shas are strategically placed in the relevant Mesechta. Which Mesechta is the Mesechta of the Churban Beis HaMikdash? Gitin. Because our relationship with HaKadosh Baruch Hu is forged based on being in Eretz Yisrael. So if we're not in Eretz Yisrael, it's like a divorce. Where is the Agadah Gemara about Yishev Eretz Yisrael? Ksubis. Because that's the display of love between us and HaKadosh Baruch Hu. So we understand why Tisha B'av was the day it was decreed on our forefathers not to enter the land. Why the Beis HaMikdash was destroyed. First time, second time. Beitar was a major Jewish city. But that the city was plowed, who cares about the plowing of the city? Of what relevance is it about the plowing of the city? Furthermore, the Gemara in Tainus says on Dav a very interesting line, Kishacharav Tornas Rufus Harasha Sahecha when Tornas Rufus destroyed the Hechal. Ah, Tornus Rufus didn't destroy the Hechal. Titus destroyed the Hechal. So the Masar Sashas is quick to change the Girsa, not Kishacharav Tornus Rufus as a Hechal, Kishacharash, when he plowed the Hechal. What is significant about the plowing of the Hechal? By the way, in Tehillim, Parakufla Lama Zayin, Al Naharoyes Bavel, Al Naharoyes Bavel. You know that? Pizmoin. Sham Yashavnu. Well, David Amelach barely says anything about the destruction of the Beis Hamikdash, but instead he references the destruction of the foundation of the Beis Hamikdash. 
Zichor Hashem, Livnei Adai Meisyoim Yerushalayim. We say Hashem. We say Hashem, remember the day of Yerushalayim. Why? What did the Adoimim do? They say, destroy, destroy, until the very foundation. So the Romans did not only want to destroy the edifice, they wanted to get down and dig down and destroy the foundations of the temple. Why do they want to do that? For what purpose? The Briskarov asks, it's brought in the Sefer Yibana HaMikdash of Rav Shalom Abrevda, Lama Charash Tornas Rufus Asahechal. Why did Tornas Rufus destroy the Hechal? Another interesting comment of the Ramah. The Ramah says, the night of Tishabav, the Yesh Bnei Adam, Mesimin Evan Tachas Mershasehim. Some people put a stone under their head. Zecher l'mashenemar v'yikach me'avnei hamakoim Yaakov took from the stones of the place Sharah hachorben. Some people sleep with a stone under their pillow the night of Tishabav. Zecher to the chorben that Yaakov Avinu saw in his dream. And I ask you friends, where is there any remez? How does the Ramah know that Yaakov Avinu in his prophetic vision saw the Chorben. Where did he see anything about the Chorben? He saw a ladder with angels going up and down. But where is there any indication that he saw the Chorben? Marv Rabbi says, I want to present to you the approach of the Briskarov, quoted by Rabrevda, uh, that really fits beautifully into a number of comments of the Gedoyle Hadoyrois, namely Rav Nassim Adler, the Chassam Soifer, Rav Yonasin Ibishitz, and the Rebbe Rav Heschel. Now, in the <coughs> Zmirois for Shabbos, there's a Zemer called Derar Yikra. Derar Yikra Leven Umbas. And this was written by Dunish Ibn Labrat, <coughs> Babylonian Rishain. And he says, Okay, we say like this. <coughs> Eloikim, God, Tain, place, Bamidbar, in the mountain, in the desert, Har. We say, God, make a mountain in the desert. Hadas, make Hadas wood, make myrtle wood grow. Shita wood, Beroish, fir, um, Beroish, cypress, Tidhar, fir. We ask God to make the desert bloom and blossom. And where is there any indication, where is there any source that one day God will make the desert blossom? It comes from a Pasuk in Yeshaya. So we say God will place in the desert cedar wood, shita wood, myrtle wood, oil wood. God will make in the plain fir, um, cypress, fir, other kinds of wood. So the request of the Python, Eloi Kimtem Midbar Har, Hadash Titar, is based on the Pasuk in Yeshaya. However, the Biskarov points out there is one request that is not based on the Pasuk. And that is Dunash Ibn Labrad says, God, make the desert turn into a mountain. Where in all of the writings of the prophets do we ever see? that God will turn 
the desert into a mountain. Why would we want the desert to turn into a mountain? It doesn't say anything about the desert turning into a mountain. Yeah, the Pasuk in Yeshaya says, I will make the desert um, flourish with cedar and shita and myrtle and cypress. But where do we see any indication that the desert will turn into a mountain? Comes the Briskarov and the Briskarov directs us to a medrash. It's a Yalkut Shemoini and it's a medrash Tanchuma. The Medr says as follows. The Medr says that when Yaakov Avinu was told about the Akedah, And Hashem says, Lech lecha meyere el eretz hamoria. Go to the land of Moria. And yeah, and Avram Avinu is traveling, and it says vayares hamakoy meirachayk. He saw the place from far. What do you mean he saw the place from far? This is not a place; it's a mountain. It should say he saw the mountain from far. It says the medrash, no, you thought it was a mountain. You're familiar with it. You recognize it as Har Hamoria. But in fact, it was just a place. Says the Medrash, Mitchila Haya Hamakim Amaik. Originally, the place was deep. Amar Hakodesh Baruch Hu, and the Lord says, Ein Derach Hamelech Lishkoin Beimek. It is not the manner of a king to dwell in the valley. Ela Bamakim Ula, only in a elevated place. Gavoya, high, Viafev, Higbiyoy Hakodesh Baruch Hu. Lekach Nikra Harha Moria. Therefore, it was called Mount Moria. Out of the fear of God, it conglomerate into a mountain. In other words, Har Hamaria was not originally a mountain. It was first a place, and then God frightened it, and it became a mountain, says the Medrash Tanchuma. What does it mean he saw the place from far? How do you see a place from far? Says the Medrash, originally it was Amaik Amaik, and then Hashem said he's going to be Shara Hishchino there. So Hashem says, it's not the derech to dwell in an emek, only in an elevated place. So Hashem motioned to all the surrounding areas that they should uh, uh, be summoned and marshaled into one place, and it became a mountain. So amazingly, we're now learning the history of Har HaMaria. It originally was a low-lying area. It was then elevated into a mountain out of fear of God. However, comes the Tosefta, and the Tosefta... Uh, uh, throws out a bumba. Throws out a bumba. I uh, uh, somebody recently confided with me that they were speaking with Reb Aaron Leib Steinman, and the person had very good investments, and Reb Aaron Leib was so to speak confirming that the person had good investments. So he said, "You should know, Reb Yid, you have a." Uh, Bumba in your in your pocket. In other words, you know you have good stuff. You're going to do well. So sure enough, he gets onto the plane, and they say, "Sir, what's in your suitcase?" To know what's in my suitcase? Nothing. I have uh, I have my talis bag. I have a sandwich. Sir, what's in your suitcase? And they search him, and they search him, and they open up the food. And they look in the suitcase, out of the suitcase, under the suitcase. Every 
They're combing through the suitcase time after again and again and again and again and again. Why? Because when Arab Leib Steinman says you have bamba, you have a bomb, so it becomes a reality. Even the security senses the, uh, the nuclear material. Anyway, interestingly, the Toisefta unleashes a bomb. The Toisefta says, Ein shechina chayzeres achetasahar. The Divine Presence will not return to Har HaMariah until it becomes a mountain. Shenemar, Hahor HaToiv Hazav HaLevanon. This good mountain and the Lebanon. So what in the world is the Tosefta talking about? That God's Shechina will not return until it becomes a mountain. Well, why would it? What do you mean until it becomes a mountain? It is a mountain. What does the Tosefta mean? God will not return until it becomes a mountain. It's always been a mountain. It will always be a mountain. What is the meaning of the Tosefta? And then the Tosefta marshals the following Pasuk. Zichar Hashem Livnei Adoim Esyoim Yerushalayim Me'emosai Mishanekru Yisaydeisena Mimeno Ha'oimrim Aru Aru Ad Ha'yisaydba Okay, so this all requires our uh, analysis, but luckily the briskarav, the grizz, really opens up the heavens for us and unlocks the secret to the mystery of Hara Maria, as well as the tragedy of Tornus Rufus plowing over the Makam HaMikdash and really uncovering for us what, what is likely the most tragic um, disaster that ever occurred on Tisha Says the Briskarov, from this Medrash, that Avram Avinu originally came to Har HaMoriah, it was not always a mountain. It was a low-lying area. And that is what the Medrash Tanchuma says, that's what the Yalkut Shemani says, and the Magan Avram writes, in his commentary, Zayis Ra'anon, to the Yalkut Shemani, you know how we know it wasn't a Har? Because Hashem told Avram, V'lech lecha. El Eretz, the land of Maria. What do you mean the land? It's Har. No, it wasn't a Har in the beginning. It was just a land. And then Avram Avinu says, you can't rest on a place like this. You need a high place. So Hashem created into a mountain. Which means for the Rebbein Islam Shechina to rest on the Harabayas and the Makam HaMikdash, it needs to be a Har. If it's not a Har, it cannot be a Makam of Ashras HaShechina. Ah, oh, says the Briskarov, now we understand why Tornus Rufus came along and he went... He wanted to uproot the topography of Hara Maria. He leveled it. Not only did he level it, he dug it out. Because so long as it's not a high level, as long as it's dug out, it cannot be the Makam of Ashras Hashchina. And therefore, according to the Gemara, not only did Tornus Rufus plow the city, but he plowed the Heichal specifically. Because do you think Tornus Rufus was just out to destroy the physical edifice of the base of Mikdash? Certainly not. He knew the power of the Jewish people emanated from the fact that we are the resting place of the Shekhinah. And the Shekhinah can only rest the Makoim Har Gavoya. And therefore when Tornus Rufus uproots the mountain aspect of this Meiria, not only will God not rest there, He will never rest there again. That is why the Tosefta says the Shechina will not return until it reverts back to Ahar. Otherwise it cannot be suitable Makayim for the Shechina.
So in a, this is a very <coughs> eye-opening insight into the words of the Tosefta. Ein shechina choyzeres ad shetasahar. The shechina will not return until it becomes a mountain. I hope, Be'ezus Hashem, one day maybe to have a little conscious on Zmirois of Shabbos. So this, this is for sure going in. When Dunosh ibn Labrat wrote, Eloi kimtein v'lat b'amid barhar, God place in the desert a mountain. What does that refer to? God place in the desert a mountain. We say, God, yes, one day you're going to rebuild the temple. It's soon. We know it's soon. It has to be soon. We've suffered enough already. The only thing is, there's going to be something missing because it's not enough to have the, the mikdash. I once heard from Rav Yisrael Reisman Shlita. I just saw him yesterday. Yesterday we went up for a visiting day. You know, visiting day is always in the nine days. It's like Zecher L'Chorben. You spend many hours driving up in traffic. And then you spend many hours taking your kids to the store. And then you spend many hours driving them back. And then you spend even more hours getting back. Anyway, it's look, it's very nice to see them. But uh, visiting day is not an easy day. And... I saw Rabbi Yisrael Reisman yesterday in, in Camp Agoda. I once heard from him that Rabbi Yashiv was not Marech Yoyser Midai in his Shemona uh, Esrei. But there was one particular phrase that he would stop, pause, and reflect. And that is when he got up to the words Baruch Ato Hashem Hamachazir Shechinasoi Letziyayin. And that today we have, we have Eretz Yisrael in our control. We have Yerushalayim. Yushalayim is a, such a beautiful city. We have magnificent structures in Yushalayim. We have malls in Yushalayim. It's the most beautiful city in the world. But we're still mi- missing the main ingredient. And that is Hamachazir Shchinasai Litziyayim. We're missing the magic that f- infuses everything with ru- Ruchani, and that is HaKadosh Baruch Hu. And Hashem will not return until the mountain is. Uh, reverts that area reverts back into a mountain, and that is why Tornus Rufus made sure not only to destroy, but Aru Aru Adhayisoid to uh, uproot it until the very foundation. Maybe, of course, we don't know why any tragedy happens, but maybe when we see the crumbling of foundation, maybe it should remind us of another foundation that is in ruins, and namely that is the foundation of the Makom Hamikdash. And that God will not return to us until it is rebuilt. And that is what we are mispalo for in the Zmirois. Hashem, make the desert turn into a mountain. Because only the Shechina can only return when that is accomplished. Says the Briskarav, this also explains the Tefillah in the Haftar of Nachamu. Nachamu, Nachamu, Ami, Yoimar, Eloikechem. We say, Kol Gei Every valley will be elevated. What is the Nechama in valleys being elevated? The answer is, says the Briskarav, because we're referring to a specific valley. We're referring to the Makam HaMikdash that has been dug up and rendered unfit for the Shechina to reside there. Comes from Nassim Adler. The Rebbe of the Chassam Soifer. 
And Rav Nassim Adler says, based on the above, we could explain how the Ramah knew that Yaakov Avinu, in his vision, saw the Chorban Beis HaMikdash. Because the Pasuk says, Vayivka Bamokoim. He reached the place. Vayikach Bameavne Hamokoim. Vayishkav Bamokoim Ahu. What do you mean? He reached the place. He took the stones of the place. He slept in the place. It ain't a place, it's a mountain. Didn't Avram Avinu Davin on Har HaMaria that it should no longer be Vayaras Hamaka Meirachak, but it should be a Har? So why is this area, which was already turned into a Har by Avraham Avinu's Tefillah, in fact, Rabbi Yonason Ibershitz says, that's what it means, Asher Ye'omar Hayoim Behar Hashem Ye'ra'eh Today it became a mountain. It became a mountain today through the prayer of Avram Avinu. So why generations later when Yaakov Avinu gets there, it's Vayikach me'amne ha-mokoim, Vayivka ba-mokoim, Vayishka ba-mokoim, it's not a mokoim, it's a har. The answer is because in his vision he saw the Chorben. And for there to be Chorben, Chorben only happens when it reverts back to being a mokoim, when Tornus Rufus uproots the mokoim ha-mikdash. That's how the Ramah knew that in Yaakov's vision he saw the Chorbin, because it is being referred to repeatedly, not as a Har, which is suitable for the Shechina, but rather as a Makoim. And the fact that it's being called a Makoim means that Yaakov Avinu saw the Chorbin Beis HaMikdash. He saw Tornus Rufus come along and Aru, Aru Ada Yisoidba, and transform it from a Har to a Makoim. Furthermore, Says Rav Nosson Adler, the great Rebbe Lechsam Soifer, Chazal say that when Yaakov Avinu got to that place, the sun set early. What is the symbolism of the early sunset? We know the rising of the sun, the dawn. By the way, there's a good new book. You know about this book? The Darkness and the Dawn? It's a good book. It's available on the Art Scroll site. You could get it free shipping. Put in promo code Rabbi DG. Anyway, the dawn represents the Gula of Klal Yisrael. Like the Gemara Nadarim says, Lasulava Hashem is going to take the sun out of its sheath. So if the rising of the sun represents Gula, then the setting of the sun represents Chorben. And that's what it means that the sun set for Yaakov Avinu. Yaakov saw a um, he saw the Chorben. How? When the sun set early, that was symbolic of the Chorben based on Mekdash. I don't know, I'm surprised. Maybe uh, you want to go into business with me. We could market Tisha B'Av night um, sleep stones. You know, we could sell them in the Swarm store. You go to your backyard, you dig up some rocks, you paint them like, you know, like the Kaisal color, you write on them Zechel Chorben. You could probably get at least 1750 for each one. Alright, so I'm giving you the idea. You could get 90% of the price. I just want a small royalty. Anyway, that's the minog brought by the Rama. Now, the, uh, the Rav Nassim Adler adds that in fact God did bring the Chorban early because God said that the, we would be in Eretz Yisrael after, for 852 years. Gematria v'noishantem. But He redeemed us, he, he exiled us after only 850 years. So that's an, an example of the early onset of the Chorben. By the way, Rashi explains, because if we would have been there 852 years, 
then Hashem would have had to fulfill the Ibadah Tamehira, Hashem Hashem would have had to destroy us. So Hashem did not want us to be in Israel 852 years, so instead we're only there 850 years. So the question the Truma Sadashan says, we got gypped out of an extra year, we could have been there 851 years. Why 850 years? Uh, so he says from here we see that when it comes to Gematria, you could be one off. So if we would have been there 851 years, that is already the equivalent of 852. Okay, now I want to share with you another amazing thought from the Holy Chassam Seifer. In Kina Yudalad, Rabbi Lezer HaKalir says as follows, Zan Einoi Bamakoim Hazeh Vishar Shimushoi Vayakoinein Einzeh But when his eyes totally absorbed all that was destined to transpire on this place, he foresaw its desolation and lamented, this cannot be. And this kena of Vishar Shimushai Vayakoinein Einzeh refers to the words of Yaakov Avinu when he said, we say, How is that a kina? How is that a kina? Says the Holy Chstam Seifer. In Eicha we're going to say, Nier Hashem Mikdashai. Which means, we have the following tradition. The Gemara Taina says, Yerushalayim habenuya ki'ir shechobro The built-up city of Jerusalem is like the city attached to it. What do you mean Yerushalayim is like the city attached to it? There's no city attached to Yerushalayim. Yerushalayim is, Yerushalayim, Yerushalayim. Right, we is, Harim, Savivla, surrounded by mountains. So there's no, it's not like Dallas, Fort Worth. There's no sister city of Yushalayim. What does it mean Yushalayim has a city attached to it? So the Gemara says, Yushalayim shall malak, mechuvan kenegin Yushalayim shall mata. And so long as the Yushalayim down here is aligned with the supernal heavenly Yushalayim, nothing could be destroyed of Yushalayim shall mata. So for, in order for Hashem to destroy Yushalayim Shamata, he had to reposition Yushalayim Shamala. This is what it means. Nier Hashem Mikdash God had to shake up his Mikdash. So when Yaakov Avinu gets to the place and he sees the Harabayis and he says, Ein Zakim Baselikim. This is only the earthly house of God, but it's not the heavenly house of God. Ah, that means he saw already God moving the heavenly Yushalayim. That's how we know that Yaakov Avinu saw the Chorban, because he said, Ein zeh. This is only Beis Aleichem, but it's not the heavenly Yushalayim. And then the Chassam Soifer says another remez, how we know that Yaakov Avinu was dealing with the Chorban. Namely, it says, Vayishkav Bamokamahu, he slept in that place. 
But from there, Chazal derived, he slept there, but the 14 years he spent in Yeshiva Shem Ve'ever, he didn't sleep at night. So I don't understand, if he didn't spend, if he didn't sleep at night for 14 years in Yeshiva Shem Ve'ever, why did he have to sleep this night? Why was he mevatel this night? You know why? Because that night that Yaakov Avinu saw the Chorban, and he put stones under his head, and he saw it as a Makaim, and he saw it as Ein Zekiyim Beisalekim, it was Tishabav. And on Tishabav you know how to learn. That's why it was Vayishka Bamakim Ahu. Every other night he slept, but not tonight, not Lel Tishabav. You're now to sleep, Lel Tishabav. By the way, this brings us to an amazing subject. Maybe we'll discuss Wednesday. On Tishabav, we know that there's no mitzvah of Talmud Torah. So does that mean you could spend the whole day twiddling your thumbs? I know a lot of people that feel that they they could use a lot of twiddle time. But when, when are you going to twiddle your thumbs? Every day of the year there's a mitzvah of Talmud Torah. Oh, Tishabav, I don't have to learn so I could spend my time. First I could twiddle my thumbs, then I could twiddle my next fingers, then I could spin a yo-yo. Our, on Tishabav there's no mitzvah to learn, so... Is it that I'm allowed to learn things relevant to the Chorban or I am obligated? In other words, does one, the rest of the year one has an obligation to use all of their free time for Talmud Torah. Does that apply to Tisha B'Av? It's just you're now to learn regular things, but you're obligated to learn matters related to the Chorban? Or do we say once you're now to learn, it's only discretionary to learn matters relevant to the Chorban, but it's not obligatory? Okay, this leaves us with only one more question, and that will be the final segment of this shir. Namely, the, uh, here's a question. That means the Harabayis was originally unsuitable for the Shekhinah. It was Vayaras Hamaka Meirachak, it was Eretz Hamaria. Avravinu prayed, Asher Omar Hayoim Ahar Hashem Avram Avinu prayed it should turn him into a mountain. It turned into a mountain. Comes Tornus Rufus, he plowed the city. He was Aru, Aru Ada Yisoyba, and he rendered it, he reverted it back into a non-mountain. Why did God originally make it not a mountain? He knew he would rest there one day. He knew it would be the Makam HaMikdash. Why make it a place and an Amek and a low-lying area? Now Avram Avinu has to raise it up and now we have to daven in the future, Eloi Kimtain, Bamid Barhar. Just make it a mountain to begin with. Make it a Mount Everest to begin with. And God could dwell on it, and then we have no issues. So I'm going to share with you something that this thought is found in four different Gedolei Olam. It's found in the Chassam Soifer. It's found in the Chassam Soifer's Rebbe, the Rabnasen Adler. It's found in Rabbi Yonason Eibeshitz and Parshas Vayera and Tiferes Yonason. And it's found in the writings of the Rebbe Reb Heshel of Krakow in Chanukah's Hatayra. If you look in the Masech Davidazar Adaf Memhe, Amar Rabbi Akiva, Rabbi Akiva said, Ani Oivin, I will understand Oidin, and I will judge Lefanecha before you. Every time that you find a high, elevated mountain, Nasa. The eighth Ra'anan or a leafy tree, da, you should know. They served idols there. Rabbi Kiva said, let me tell you a little fact. 
every single mountain and tree in Israel was worshipped as Avaydazara. So Toysus asks, quoting the Yushami, so then how did the ba- they build the base Hamikdash? The base Hamikdash is a mountain, and you can't build a mountain in a makam of Avaydazara. You can't build the base Hamikdash in a makam of Avaydazara. And the Yushalmi answer is quoted by Toysus, Alpi Novi Nivnesham. It was built through the Prophet. But that's quite inexplicable. What do you mean built through the Prophet? The halach is like this. That if Ruvain worships a sheep as an Avodah Zara, it becomes usher to everyone in Hana. But not if Ruvain worships um, land. If he worships land as Avodah Zara, you could build the shul. That, uh, it doesn't become usher by Hana. But you can't be makdashit. It's unfit for hektish. So the problem is, the Makayim HaMikdash was a... Uh, worshipped as Avodah as any mountain was. So what do you mean it was built through a Navi? But doesn't Rabbi Kiva say that every mountain in Eretz was worshipped as Avodah Presumably including the Makam HaMikdash and Haramoriya, which would render it unfit as a Makam HaMikdash. Ah, says Rav Nassan Adler, says Achsam Soifer in Tshuvah in Reish Ches, in Arachayim and in Yardeh Semen Reish Lamed Gimel. Says the Holy Chassam Soifer. Says Rabbi Yonisan Ibishitz. Says the Rebbe Rabbi Heshel. That is why originally the Makam HaMikdash was a valley. It was Eretz Hamariya. It was a Makam. This way it, would never, it was never a spot that was worshipped as Avodah Zara. They only worshipped areas of mountains or trees. But not Eretz Hamariya, not the Makam. And then Avram Avinu was mispalal and he said, God Almighty, this is not a place for you to rest your Shechina. So God said, you're right. And he fried in the surrounding area and it became a mountain. Oh, that means the origins of Har HaMaria first came about through Avraham Avinu. It was then given to Avraham and Avraham built the Mizbeach there. So he laid stakes to it. So after it was already sanctified as the Malkam HaMikdash, the Goyim cannot now come along and transform it back into a makam of Avaydazara. That's what Toysus means. It was based on the Navi. The Navi told us, you know how, you know where you need to build the Beis HaMikdash? In a place that originally was not a mountain and was reverted into a mountain. And the Navi said, right here, this was Eretz Hamaria. This was the Makam. And Avram Avinu was Mispalel and it turned into a mountain. And then, Yaakov Avinu saw a vision and he saw the future time when it would be He saw the Chorben and ultimately Tornus Rufus came and he uprooted the Makam HaMikdash and he reverted it back to that original Makam that it was. Says the Rebbe Reb Heshel Ha'posa we could explain it based on Avodah Zara that b'chamakam shata moitze har gavaya v'giva dash yeshem Avodah Zara and Chazal say that Har Hamaria was a valley and Hakadosh Baruch was Meramez and it became a mountain so vayikra Avraham shem amakim Hashem yira 
Aye, but every mountain is worse of Azad. The answer is, Today it became a mountain. And therefore, says Sam Soifer, this is the meaning of Davra Melch's Bakasha in Tehillim. I believe it's Peydaled. Davra Melch says, if I come into the tent of my house, if I lie on my couch bed, David Amalek swears he will not walk into his house and sleep. David Amalek says, I will not enter my house until I find a Makoim for Hashem. The only suitable place for the Beis HaMikdash is a Makoim, a non-mountain, that's Mishkan Oislav Yaakov that turned into a suitable place, became a mountain. God only rests on a mountain. The problem is a mountain is worshipped as Avadizara. So we need a non-mountain that turned into a mountain. And that in fact is the Makam HaMikdash. But Tornus Rufus came and he said, Jews, this is not just a structure of sticks and stones that I'm going to destroy. I will make it a place unsuitable for the Shekhinah. And therefore the greatest tragedy of all is not the destruction of the first or second Mesa Mikdash or even the capture of Betar. The greatest destruction and the greatest disaster that ever happened on, on Tisha B'Av is Nechrasha Ha'ir and Necharash Ha'echal. Because not only was the building destroyed, it was rendered no longer suitable as a makam of Hashras Hashchina. And our greatest happiness is to have the closeness of the Shechina. And our greatest tragedy is the fact that the Shechina is not with us. But that is why we daven every Shabbos, Eloi Kim, Tain, Bamidbar Har. So we all await anxiously the day that the Yibam Shem will again frighten the surrounding area, elevate Har HaMariya to be suitable place for the return of the Shekhinah, may we see it with our eyes. Ben Hera, be Amenu, Amen. Shkayach, everyone. Rabbi, did you get the email I sent? Um, could be. <laughs> okay. When did you send it? Friday. Friday. I sent it to the your wife's email. I probably got it. It's for Wednesday. For Wednesday, yeah. Okay, yeah. Leslie didn't get back to me, but I should. I should have it. Yeah. Thank you very much. Have a good day. Have a good day. You've just experienced another Torah class brought to you by TorahAnytime.com.